it's worse than that. <laughs> it, at least it can be. Oh, hey. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, it's back to school Sunday, and we were thinking, um, well, I just want to know how many of you parents here are happy that online learning has come to an end. Can I have some noise? Not that many, not, not that much noise. It wasn't that much noise. <laughs> I, was, I was a little surprised. Um, so this morning we thought we'd just visit a little bit with you this morning and with each other. Uh, this is back to school Sunday, which could mean back to another routine or a renewed routine. Everybody here knows. It, by the way, I'm just curious. If you have children in school, would you please, and you're a parent or a caregiver, would you please stand? I just want to see. I want you to see that you're not alone. Look around, would you please? It's amazing. Turn and look at each other and tell each other, we're going to be all right. Good morning. I'm uh, excited to be with you. It's been a, it's been a month uh, and I'm now transitioned into being uh, Mrs. Brown. Uh, super excited about that. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, and I'm having to live with it. Listen. And I'm loving it. All right. Good stuff. This morning, we're going to have a good conversation. That good? Uh, we figured about a month ago, I know that school has started at least a month uh, up to now, and we figured after a month, you probably need a little something to finish the year strong. Is that good? And so we thought we'd had to have a good conversation and inspire you regarding the relationship between parents and children. Um, Dad, there's a video. You want to play it now? You want to? I think we should. All right, cool. So, Anita, if you would, uh, pay attention to the screen. Something that happened about uh, four or five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, six more years. like six years ago. I bless you. I bless you as a woman, and I bless you as a wife. I speak over you. I speak over you as a father. The blessing that comes and the joy that comes from finding the person of God's choice. I bless you with peace over it in this arena, in this arena, in the name of Jesus. I bless you with contentment in your spirit so that your peace and your contentment is not predicated on another person, but on the only one who can give it to you, and that is Jesus Christ, the righteous. And in that contentment, contentment, and in that peace, I bless you with the person appearing that the Father, that the Father has chosen in the name of Jesus. And because he's chosen to make you a spectacle before the whole church, I speak over you a surprise in the name of Jesus, in the eyes of those of the whole church. 
bless the name of the Father. I bless the name of the Son and the Holy Spirit in your life. In the name of Christ, I bless you with the pen of a ready of a ready writer. I bless you with the mind to behold the picture of the Almighty God. And I bless you in the name of Jesus with an articulation both in spirit and in tongue that will astound them when they read and when they hear in the name of Jesus. And I bless you with an increase that comes from the same. I thank you, Heavenly Father. I thank you and praise you for the fruit of my womb. And I thank you that she is beautiful in your sight and she is beautiful in our sight. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you continue to write the story in the name of Jesus Christ. Get your hands together, saints, and begin to praise the name of the Lord. I'm going to make a declaration. And because you have been a blessing to so many others, it's actually they already rise up and call you blessed. But because you've been a blessing to so many others, the Lord will cause this to come, this, this blessing of giving and sharing and caring and nurturing to turn around and come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I praise you for it, Father. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. I thank you for, I bless you with the tears of a mother. I bless you that tears roll down your cheek as you hold the one that God has given you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can somebody say hallelujah? I bless you with long life in the name of Jesus and full of glory and grace in Jesus' mighty name. Clap your hands one more time, Jesus. of prayer. Clap your hands and give him praise. Uh, what a moment for us, um, not just uh, as uh, a couple, but as a family. Um, today is about reconnecting uh, the relationship between parents and children and also encouraging and blessing those who take care of our children when we are not there, <laughs> which is so important. Um, if, and if this, isn't, this is the place where, this, where that relationship needs to be reaffirmed and rebuilt again um, and on this mountain of family and education, actually, 
Um, so we thought we'd have a little bit of a conversation and maybe um, you, if you are a child or if you are somebody's baby, uh, whether, um, whether you're a child or an adult, maybe you can hear our conversation as one who needs to reconnect or, or build upon the connection between you and your parents, if you can. And then, um, and then we want to minister, of course, to the, the parents and the teachers as well. So, Dad, I think you got a couple of questions for me, and then I have a couple of questions for you. That's good. I want you to know also that uh, the time has come for us to release a series of parenting for all of you that have children. We're preparing that for you, and we're going to do it online so more of you can, can take advantage of that. So would you, play, would you stay tuned for that? In fact, when you come next week, we'll have a solid schedule for you uh, when we'll release that. I do believe that the Lord would empower, this is the timing of God, to empower every parent in their connection with their child. And the Bible makes a declaration that our children are as, are as arrows in the hand of the archer. What an incredible picture. Your life, the trajectory of your child's life is in your hands, parents. God has given you that kind of authority. And you want to be able to release those children in the direction of God. So we're going to help you with that. And you're going, you, it will not only be myself, uh, my wife, but some others among you that are excellent parents, those who have proven results of the word of the Lord in their life, and they're going to release, amen, their secrets, amen, and uh, they're God's going to bless your life. How many of you will be interested, I'm just kind of curious, will be interested in receiving instruction from the word of God about how to be a successful and, a, and an effective parent? Let me see your hands. Let me see, wow, wow, all over the building. Those of you that are joining us online, it's going to be absolutely incredible. What you can do is go on the app, and if you would, register for the class because we want to make sure we have your information so that we can get the information in terms of the de details to you as soon as possible. So if you go to our app, you can register for the class and make sure, actually, we have uh, provided a way for you to also ask a few questions so that we make sure that we hit the target when we have the class. That's awesome. That's awesome. They get to ask the questions before time, and we can shape what we do to to scratch that itch, <laughs> to meet that need. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Well, I, I was thinking about this because um, the, the Lord is, has uh, put your mom and I in a, in, a, in a position where our family life it was in a glass box. Um, they all got to see and they all get to see the result of our parenting and good and bad. Um, say amen. <laughs> and uh, our, our mistakes, our shortcomings, our um, inadequacies showed up in front of everyone. Uh, I questioned in the beginning, the Lord, 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 why would you, why would you put us imperfect folk in front of everybody? It, and he, he really helped me. Uh, and the way he helped me was to assure me that whatever was wrong, he would help us get it right. Um, I, I sort of wish we had 
some cut, some film from past, from the, <laughs> from the past. It would be hilarious. Um, <clears throat> I think people would realize that pastors are um, people too. Common, ordinary people without Christ. And with him, God's helped us to see some extraordinary things. Gotcha. Questions? Questions. Yes, sir. And so that um, they hear you, make sure they can hear you. Here you go. Is that better? Neither you came all the way here to tell me to put the mic in my mouth. Blessings on you. By the way, some of you have no idea what it cost and what effort is put forth to present a Sunday morning worship experience. And there are several people back there and some you don't see that are working and continue to work so that we might have an experience before God. I want you to clap your hands and say thank you to all of our media people. I mean really, and all of our people on stage. Uh, by the way, Kenny's doing well. He texted me and told me that he can't wait to see you, uh, but he's doing well. Amen. He's no longer COVID, yeah, COVID. Kenny. Yeah. You know, he's no longer COVID Kenny. No, no. He's courageous Kenny. <laughs> right. And he's doing great. He's clowning. He said, he sent a message, get me out of here. Yeah. So uh, he's doing good. Questions? Sir. Okay. So this, was, this happened five or six years ago. It happened six years ago, 2016. Now, the Lord was moving in the, in, the, in, the, in the service and it was a time to release, a time to release some prophetic words. And I remember um, how awkward it can be for me to prophesy to my own flesh and blood. Felt, felt, it felt even more like a, a, a blessing um, to me. Um, you know what I mean? More, more like a, 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 a pronunciation. It was a blessing. In fact, in fact, one of the things we've taught through the years is the most powerful thing a parent can do for their child is to bless them. And, and so much so until I include this in every ceremony of marriage that I conduct. And it's amazing the profound effect it has not only on the audience, but on the couple that's being married. It's, it's amazing. And, and I do, I want to say to every parent, there is no voice more powerful to your children than yours. Whether it's screaming, ranting, and raving, or whether it's upholding, securing, and blessing. You can choose which one has the most impact. I'd like to ask you about that. Sure. What were your secrets? Go ahead. Nope. That's not the right one. This is the right one. How did you process the reality you were living while you were waiting for what God promised in a husband? Um, for me, it had been, you know, honestly, I think the only thing that I can say is um, I have always wanted to be known as a woman of faith. And for me, that meant that even though there wasn't a reality of my dreams, that I would hold strongly and fastly to the promises that the Lord had made, had given me. 
And I think the way that I processed it is I decided to believe God. I decided that no matter, it's so funny, every year at the beginning of the year, I would get this question. Sometimes I believe it was from me. Sometimes I believe it was from the Lord. And then sometimes I believe it was from the enemy. But it was the same question. And the question was, what if I don't do it this year? And I had to have the same answer every time. And that was that I will give my life serving you to the, to the fullest, no matter what. And that was my answer. That was how I processed mm. the, the, the times and the things so that when, when I got that blessing, it was, it was a bit of an encouragement to say, okay, maybe, maybe it's coming. That was six years ago. But, but it would encourage my faith, and I think that's how I processed it. I decided that it was, it was just a time for me to have faith. And for all of you who are parents here, I can't tell you how much, how important it is for you to give those words that God gives you to your children, that your praying and your proclamation over your children are forma formational. It's it true. Is, it uh, is if if I can in interrupt you, it's true. <laughs> when, when you pronounce something over me, I remember being 23 and my, mom, and my mom said to me, you're ready for marriage. Now, it was 23, but I remember and I know that when you say it, it makes me feel closer to it. When my parents say it to me, it makes, it literally, in my emotions, in my mind, in my spirit, it makes me feel closer to the actualization of my dream. In, in, in this season that we start into a new school year, uh, and the whole nation has shifted, our communities have shifted and have reset, I cannot tell you, parents, how important it is for you to speak formational words, speak directly over your children so they can hear what you're saying. And your words, I promise you, are going to begin to form their world. Oh, yes, question. What, what, what assuring things did I do for you to know I was a safe place for you as a father. How did I create a safe place for you as a dad? I, it, it's two things, and I, uh, it's, it's two things. Um, number one, I'd like to add mom in the answer to this question. Thank you. Um, when I was younger, I don't remember when, but my mom got me a hope chest. You did, I remember, because you, you spent my money. <laughs> And that hope chest, the purpose of that hope chest was to feed the life of my dreams. And every now and then, either when she would go out of the country and come back, she would bring me something to put in my hope chest. And it was that, that hope chest that, um, it would remind me that I'm not alone in the process. Um, and, and it's so funny, um, a lot of you know that I was married before. What's crazy is I never opened that hope chest after my first marriage. Wow. Now we've got we've to open that hope chest. Um, 
because in it are things like the, the document that's needed to change my name, uh, clothes for my children, uh, two sets of china, and, and every now and then she would do things, and, and so that would give me the, the, a safe place to, to, to remember what the Lord has said. For you, Dad, I think it was, um, it, I think it's the special place that only you and I have. Um, I was telling Frederick a few weeks ago, uh, I remember our first date. <laughs> and it, we went to a really nice restaurant and it was one that they had in the front of Perimeter Mall. And I had to be every bit of 12 or 13. And I remember, uh, it wasn't, it, it, today it wouldn't be as fancy, but I remember that, that uh, you pulled out my chair, that I had to dress up, that um, you ordered for me, and I had hot dogs. Uh, of all things on our special date. Um, but it was, it was that, that, that was the, the, the place that you created for me to, to, it was the place where you set the standard of who I would be and how I should behave until. And that, that made it a safe place. One more thing, um, when there was times that we could not talk, because my life privately was opposite of what I had, uh, what, what I was living. I remember, um, ooh, want me to tell it? Uh, can I tell it? Ooh. <laughs> I remember. Um, yeah, tell it. Okay. I remember I came home one day and there was a note on my bed because what we would do is we would, uh, my dad bought me a book and he would write in the book and then I could respond in the book. And so when I found the book on my bed, I knew that my dad wanted to talk to me but it was something tough that he um, maybe didn't have the words or whatever and vice versa, I'd put the book on his desk and it was a conversation that we would have. And I remember one day I came home and there was a note on my bed and the note was something from Psalms, and it, the Psalm said something like, something like, I will put no worthless things before my eyes. And, and the note said, um, I see that, your, that my sin has become yours. And it, it was my dad catching me, or he was letting me know that he knew that I was looking at stuff. That, that I should not have been looking at. But it was, it was those types of things that made it safe for me. To be honest, appreciate you, thank you baby. Um, to be honest about who, what, what, what I was dealing with, but also a place that I understood forgiveness and repentance. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned that from you. Mm -hmm. Of all the questions that I get from parents, one of them is, how do I help my children who are in trouble? And um, I will say to you that our, speaking of parents, speaking of parents, our transparency becomes their release and their freedom to be transparent. But I will also tell you that we must be that way first. If we want our children to be open and honest, we're going to have to be open and honest. And that seed will open the door for them to be true 
where they really are with you that will make a difference. Sometimes parents are so ashamed of their past and the way they've lived. And one reason why you may still be ashamed because you have not applied blood there yet. It may be that you have not appropriated forgiveness from Jesus who takes your sin and literally removes it from you. He actually goes back and changes your history to create a new destiny. And if you're not willing to open your life to what it was, it's much, much more difficult for them to do so. The opposite is true. Maybe skip down to the fourth one so I can get some questions. Where do you think the most misunderstanding lies between parents and children? I think the big one for me is, is that, uh, that you are against me. It's a misunderstanding. That I'm against, that I'm against that, you? So that children feel like toward their parents is that our purpose, our our, where we're trying to go, that you are either slowing us down or keeping us from or, um, or, or something to that, to that nature. That's the mm -hmm. misunderstanding. And, that, and I think, or, or maybe even the how we get there being different is you being opposite of what we, what we want to do. I think that's the misunderstanding. Can I give you a quick 30-second yeah, sure. Conversation that you never had oh, with Lord. me. Oh Lord! When you said they are parents are afraid of that, their your parents are trying to keep something from them. Uh huh. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the conversation that I had with with Christopher and Matthew, when the music industry was clawing for them and opening doors for them, but they weren't of age yet. So I would say no. And I wasn't saying no. I remember Philip Bailey asked for Matthew. Yeah. I remember us being in the Civic Center and Matthew was meeting every note. He would sing it and Matthew would meet it in the, we were in a rehearsal or something. And after that, Philip Bailey asked you for Matt and you was like. F Philip hey. Bailey said, I can't wait to get my hands on him. I said, you would be waiting a long time. <laughs> um, and, and, but when I shut that door as a parent for their protection, they thought I was rejecting their opportunity. And so they took that as rejection. They thought that I didn't think they could or, or that I wanted them to ever experience that success. And the real deal was I didn't want their life to be destroyed on the stage of the world. I had that conversation, by the way, later with Matt mm -hmm. and, uh, and somewhat with, and actually with Chris as well. But it was later on after they figured out and they'd gotten out there anyway. Uh -huh. And t yeah, okay. <laughs> that part. Last week, Matthew was in a concert with Philip Bailey. <laughs> but Matthew was singing on his own and Bailey was on his own. Is my son Christopher around anywhere near? Are you near, Chris? I know you're here, but he may be doing stuff. He'll come out later, great. Good stuff. Uh, maybe your, my turn to ask you a couple of things. Yeah, let's do that. This is um, important, uh, especially for parents. Uh, it's so interesting. I remember, um, and maybe it's one of the things that you can talk about in the, in the class, the questions that you asked us that time, uh, oh. when they were like, <laughs> 
And it's super so I won't give them to you right now. God gave me five questions. Five questions parents need to answer their children if they want to receive them back. Chris. Thanks okay. for responding. I know you're always into stuff. Do you remember when we had this conversation about me not wanting you to be out there in the, in the, in the, in the world? You remember? How did you see that? Con how did you see that conversation? Uh, I felt like you were stopping me. I felt like you were st stopping me from doing something that I really, really wanted to do, whether it was good for me or not. I just uh, wanted to do what was in my heart to do, and and you were looking at the long term, and I was looking at the short term. So how did you resolve it? Uh, I made a decision that was based off of my emotions and I didn't calculate the consequences of my decisions and uh, I end up learning a lifetime lesson. <laughs> I wrote a check that, uh... <laughs> that bounced. <laughs> but, and, and now, in, in retrospect, how do you see it? I, I see that, that uh, when you're a parent, you can see, not this way, you see, this way you see you see uh, you don't just see straight ahead you see wide you see long term you know uh, young people just see what's right in front of them and uh, parents see from their experiences and their parents experiences and their parents experiences it's a wealth of knowledge uh, that's acquired in in them and uh, and now I see, now I see, now that I have kids, it's like, oh my gosh. That's what he was saying. And uh, yeah, I, I, see, I see clearly now, the, the Lord gives us wisdom. He downloads us wisdom, not only in the scripture, not only in, in experiences, but uh, in, in generations of knowledge. How, how's that? That's awesome. Okay. Thank you. That's off the cuff and without rehearsal. Thank you, sir. Just come on out of you. That's good stuff. That um, I, I, you started saying, it started this talk by reminding uh, everyone that our lives were lived in a glass, in a glass house. Uh, man, grace to Vicky and to Frederick and to Toya, uh, because you kind of got married into this glass house, and uh, your whole life is on display. Um, and uh, it's it's it, it's interesting. Uh, to say the least, um, but I think it's the way of the Lord of a, of, of a Levite family, of a priesthood family. Uh, we know that we are an example of what happens when a family is yielded to a heavenly agenda. But maybe you can tell us some of your secrets of how you kept me and my siblings centered on our family vision and values. Maybe one or two uh, secrets that you had. Beat them. <laughs> That's the best. 
Everybody in this building knows that um, those two words can only apply to the appropriate situation and when they're younger. You try that when they're older, you may be in the hospital. I, I think the way I want to answer this, because it really is a huge question, is uh, Carolyn and I, m my wife took the responsibility to undergird our house and create an atmosphere in our home of schedule and peace in the midst of chaos. And so we had family habits that we created in the process. And that, those, those, those family habits were centered around the need and the schedule. So there was a time to get up. There was a time to go to bed. There was a time to eat together. We ate together most every night. I can't even tell you how. I'm shocked how many people don't eat together anymore. Or they eat together in different places of the house. Oh, they eat on the couch and they eat in, in the bedroom. I can't believe it. And that, I didn't realize how much that impacted my life growing up. There was a time and a place to eat. And during the eating time is when we conversed, we talked. Prayer and talk came at the eating place. And uh, problems were solved there. Some vacations were planned there. Fun times grew from there. We laughed, we cried, indeed, babe. And I would... It's so interesting, though, even the table became a place where we would have those, the place where we ate, specifically, became the place where we would have those very tough conversations. I remember having that conversation when I came home uh, that time when I left, when I came home, the conversation that where I got the chance to come back home was at that table. I think what um, what you're saying maybe will help us even is the word values uh, is a place where you create the culture of the home, and that's what they did. They were very intentional about that. Place to eat, a time to eat, a place to pray. Yeah and a time to sleep. I can't even tell you yep. what that meant. What, what, what I'm, I'm talking to you out of my own personal experience mm -hmm. with my mom and my dad, and mm -hmm. I'm talking out of the life that God has given us to lead. And, and there was nothing more important than their prayers. They, they instilled it into us, our praying before bed. <laughs> You know the prayer. Some of you have forgotten it. Others of you, others of you remember it. How's it go? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my, my soul, soul to keep. If, if I should die, have mercy before I wake. Oh my God. I pray the Lord my, my soul to take. And then will God bless mommy and daddy. And, <laughs> and, and, and if you were a kid, you were smart, you'd have a long list so you would keep from going to bed. <laughs> prolong you get into bed. Uh, but, but do you understand what that creates in your children? 
They get to know the God you know. And your voice and your prayers take formation in the heart of your children. But dad, what if you're talking to some parents who are not either older, like or parenting adults, which is another animal, um, or parenting children who are in college? Um, what is your advice on recentering your child back on godly principles? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the little ones or, you know, in all forms, you know, what's a couple of things that parents can do? If the communication that comes from your mouth to your child is negative, condemning, controlling, if it's demeaning, if it's criticizing, if it's always correction, you will create distance in the heart between you and your child. When your children have not done what you want them to do, and every parent here will have a child that will do what you don't want them to do, that I, I promise you that. How you respond to that is of, of, of the utmost importance. So I will say to you, many parents, if you would just, if you would just not make your child your point of pain, if you would just not make your child the reason for your disappointment, Only you can change that. But if you start looking at your child, like this is my, my blessing and my assignment from God, and God will give you, your, give you a child that, that is not perfect and that is not formed correctly and give them to you to let your words form them into a more perfect person. So you're gonna have to have, I would like to say to parents, if you could speak with your children differently. If your child is an adult, there's no need in talking to them like they're a child because they're not gonna listen to you. Am I got, do I have any amens from, from parents that have been there and back again? So you're gonna have to talk with them in a different way. Can I say conversation with your children of a parent who is reaching and loving? Sometimes, so many things are, exploding in my head. Let me give you this. If you want your child to change, if you want your child to change, then one of the things you might have to do is you might have to make yourself your child's servant and serve them what they need. Is that too, am I, you're looking at me like, what? No, you're not. I, I mean, it's so funny. I'm listening. I'm remembering things that you did to do that. When a child, when a parent serves their child, what it does, this child sees it and understands and sees the sincerity of it. It, it changes the attitude of the child toward their parent. When you serve them what they need. It, were, you, were, you, were you trying to say something, sweetheart? Your hand was up. I'm sorry. I thought, because you're such a great... You're such a great parent. I thought you were trying to say something. 
No, I was just thinking about that time you bought Chris that computer. Oh, yeah. It's just, okay, here it is. Repeat it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, begotten son. So the Lord said to me, what does your son need you to give him to prove to him that I love them? Oh, my God. When I say serve your child, I mean, what is it that your child needs from you? I mean, I know what you feel like at times, but what, what do they need from you? And if you have the courage to, to serve them in this way, it, it will demonstrate the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave. What do you need to give? That whosoever believes, whatever you give your child will be the key to them believing. So maybe dad, you can give us, maybe step back from it just a little bit and give a, um, um, a, a uh, love the way this question is answered and maybe help just, not just regarding the painful things, but a broader scope of what, of what God holds parents responsible for regarding raising children. Oh God, I have a whole sheet on that. Don't, okay, so I'm gonna teach you a parenting class. I'm gonna teach you a parenting class. I'm, I promise you, I promise you, it will change your life. If you have, you'll have, you'll need to have the courage to do what I'm instructing, what the scripture instructs. But if you will do, in fact, I'm gonna do a session on parents that receive their children back from the dead. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got a thing I prepared for you. It talks about how you as a parent can revive a dead parent-child relationship and, and, and turn that whole thing around and bring that child back. I promise you, in the name of Jesus, I'll give it to you if you receive it. In, in fact, what, what Bible character or scriptures maybe, or, or um, like I said, characters, have you taken from, lended from regarding your own parenting? Oh God, well, I think one of the first three great parental instructing characters in the Bible is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You can get every good, bad, and ugly from all three of those. I promise you. And every one of them are redemptive. So you, 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 you can glean something. This is how I can turn my situation around. It's powerful. But I would, I would say that because if you're a parent that favors one child over the next, oh. And what that does, oh my God, it's in the scripture. And how to bring it back? It'll teach you how to bring it back, how to get it right. Um, it's an amazing thing. But you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, it be my choices. Perfection. I've always marveled at the, the fact that you lost, you lost your dad when you were 15. Indeed. Man, but you're such a good dad. Thank you, baby. I'm the envy of all the girls. Because I have you as my dad. Thank you, baby. But I'm wondering, what has fatherhood taught you about the fatherhood of God? We don't have an hour.
He loves me. He loves me. Uh, the teachers taught me uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And, and the teachers, the, the, the early teachers would teach, Jesus loves me when I'm good, and he doesn't love me when I'm bad. But that's not the scripture. And unfortunately, most parents love their children when they're good and disdain them when they're bad because they embarrass them. They, they, they show parental weakness. But you asked me about what the Father God, <laughs> he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. When I screw up, he loves me. When I disappoint, when I, he loves me. When, I, when I'm negligent, he loves me. He loves me. When I'm, um, when I'm rebellious, I don't want to do it. He loves me. And his love is so awesome that he believes that I will be perfect in the end. And while I'm being perfected, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me when I'm good. He loves me when I'm bad. So, oh, Bishop, you're not bad. Oh, ooh. I'm glad you can't get in my mind at times. <laughs> Some of the things I say to people that I want to say that I don't say, oh. He loves me when I'm bad. And his love, uh, his love, his love remains, and it's his, his love that is the power to change me. And his love in your life is a power to bring change in the lives of your kids. He never leave me, will never abandon me. Even when I'm going the wrong direction, he's right there. I try to run from him, run right into him. How are you going to run from a God that made the world? Your children, how are they going to run from a God? And sooner or later, they're going to run right into him. And so, even in this school year, as you are releasing your children into an, another environment, I know we have, a, we have many par challenges, parents, about what our children are being exposed to. I want to tell you, the Father's love in you and his proclamation over you is going to protect your children in that situation. And they're going to be successful. Because you're going to move in the power of God, in the power of his love. I think we should pray. I think we should, uh, I think we should pray for parents and we, we should pray for students 
because this year is an exacting year it's the first year of the reset and how we respond is going to make a, a huge difference in the days coming we should pray for parents that the Lord will give you the power to establish a daily routine that causes your children to become everything God wants them to be I believe we should pray for, for teachers. Any, how many of you are teachers here today? If you're a teacher, raise your hand. Oh my God. Please keep it raised high. I need to see. Oh my God. I want everybody in this building to put your hands together and clap your hands for those. My God. My God. I believe we should pray for teachers who have the responsibility of partnering with parents. And that uh, God's gonna do an amazing thing this year in the life of your children in school. Is there something on your heart? Okay. I think we should do that. in order to register for the parenting class. If you go on the, on the Metro City app and go under events, you can register for that online parenting seminar. You'll love it. But I, I wanna pray for, I think I wanna begin with With element, elementary school and below. If you're a student, you're elementary school and below. I want your parents to release you to come and stand right here. If you would, can we do that right now? 